the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. There's spiritual consequences. Our relationship with God is broken because of sin. There can be emotional consequences, the effect of sin on us emotionally. And there can be physical consequences, sickness, as a result of sin. That's why God says, don't do these things. Because they'll harm you. Don't, don't get involved in that, because you'll, you'll suffer. The older we get, the more we tend to realize the consequences of our actions. Someone who is younger may not know the value of this lesson until they are older. But the same principle can apply to our spiritual lives as well. In today's message, Pastor Dan will be sharing about the consequences of sin. Often the repercussions go far beyond what we can immediately see. There are physical, emotional, and spiritual consequences that can affect us directly and the people closest around us indirectly. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Revelation chapter 2 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. I believe that Jesus is not referring to a woman actually named Jezebel. I believe Jesus is referring to the Jezebel in the Old Testament. I believe he's saying to these believers in Thyatira, you have a Jezebel in the church. And what Jezebel in the Old Testament did to the nation of Israel, this woman in your church is doing to your church. She's a Jezebel. And so who was Jezebel? And I want to look at a few verses about Jezebel together. Jezebel, she was a Phoenician woman who married King Ahab, the king of Israel. So she became the queen of Israel. She's well known because she actually introduced the worship of Baal into Israel. And she promoted the worship of Baal in the nation of Israel. And so let's let's go back to first Kings chapter 16. We'll start there. 1 Kings chapter 16, and I just want to look at a few passages about Jezebel that will just give you a flavor for who she was. 1 Kings chapter 16, verse 31. This is talking about when King Ahab reigned over the kingdom of Israel, the northern kingdom of Israel. 1 Kings sixteen thirty-one, and Jezebel was his wife. It says in verse 31, and it came to pass as though it had been a trivial thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, that he took as wife Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbaal, king of the Sidonians, and he went and served Baal and worshipped him. 
Then he set up an altar for Baal in the temple of Baal, which he had built in Samaria. Look at verse 33. And Ahab made a wooden image. Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel who were before him. What a statement. Remember, the Bible says God is slow to anger. Yet this guy, King Ahab, did more to provoke God to anger than all the kings of Israel. It says up in verse uh, verse 31 that it had been a, a, a trivial thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam. Jeroboam was the first king of the northern kingdom of Israel, and he introduced idolatry into the kingdom of Israel. Uh, but, but Jezebel and Ahab made, uh, made the sin of Jeroboam seem like nothing. You know, trivial compared to their sin. They took idolatry in Israel to a whole new level because of Jezebel. And Jezebel was the driving force behind this. She was the one who brought Baal worship into Israel. She's the one who had it, you know, the temples built and everything and the the images set up for the worship of Baal. Turn over to chapter 21. And this is a very revealing verse about his wife. Verse 25, chapter 21, verse 25. It says, but there was no one like Ahab who sold himself to do wickedness in the sight of the Lord because, here's why he did wickedness in the sight of the Lord, because Jezebel, his wife, stirred him up, instigated him, incited him in a bad sense to do wickedness in the sight of the Lord. That word stirred him up there. In the Hebrew, the root word for it is is thorn. Thorn. What does that mean? Jezebel was like a thorn to her husband, poking him, prodding him, always goading him to do greater and greater wickedness. She was the one pushing it. She was the one, you know, behind the scenes, and and at times not even behind the scenes, just, just making it happen. Uh, Go back to chapter 18. Here in verse 4, it says, For so it was, look, while Jezebel massacred the prophets of the Lord, that Obadiah had taken 100 prophets and hidden them, 50 to a cave, and had fed them with bread and water. Jezebel massacred the prophets of the Lord. She put them to death. Not Ahab, not the king, not the one who was in charge. But the wife of the one who was in charge, Jezebel, did it, not her husband. Here in chapter 19, this is right after Elijah, the prophet, had that confrontation with the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. You guys know that story where he calls fire down from heaven and then he slaughters the prophets of Baal. He kills them. And right after that, now in chapter 19, verse 1. Ahab, the king, told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. So Ahab goes home and tells his wife what happened. Verse 2, Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when Elijah saw that, when he saw that message, he arose and he ran for his life. 
Now, he just slaughtered 450 prophets of Baal. He gets a letter from Jezebel, and he runs for his life. And he runs for his life, and he went to Beersheba. He's way up in the northern part of Israel, up near the Galilee. He runs for his life all the way down to Beersheba, which is way down in the south, down in Judah, which belongs to Judah. And he left his servants there. But notice here in verse, uh, verses 1 and 2 that, that Jezebel, not the king, not her husband, Jezebel is the one who writes this letter to Elijah and threatens to kill Elijah for what he did. It's not Ahab that's doing it. It's Jezebel that's doing it. And again, and Elijah fled from Jezebel for his life. Turn over to chapter 21. And this is a story that's, again, very telling about Jezebel. Verse 1, And it came to pass after these things that Naboth, the Jezreelite, he had a vineyard which was in Jezreel, next to the palace of Ahab, king of Samaria. So Ahab spoke to Naboth, saying, Give me your vineyard, that I may have it for a vegetable garden, because it's near, it's next to my house. And for it, I will give you a vineyard better than it. Or if it seems good to you, I will give you its worth and money. So Ahab the king goes to Naboth and he wants to buy his vineyard so that he can plant a vegetable garden in it. He offers to trade him out, swap him out, land somewhere else, or to just pay him money for that land. But Naboth said, verse 3 to Ahab, The Lord forbid that I should give the inheritance of my fathers to you. Naboth says, it wouldn't be right for me to sell this land to you or give it to you. This is the land that the Lord gave to my family. So God forbid that I give it to you. It wouldn't be right. And Ahab agrees. And so Ahab, verse 4, went into his house. He agrees, but he's disappointed because he really wanted a vegetable garden. So Ahab went into his house sullen and displeased because of the word which Naboth the Jezreelite had spoken to him. For he had said, I will not give you the inheritance of my father. And he lay down on his bed and he turned away his face he would not eat food. So he's bummed out about the the land. Now look at verse 5. But Jezebel, his wife, came to him and said to him, Why is your spirit so sullen that you eat no food? And he said to her, Well, because I spoke to Naboth, the Jezreelite. I said to him, Give me your vineyard for money, or else, if it please you, I will give you another vineyard for it. And he answered me, I will not give you my vineyard. Now look what Jezebel says. Jezebel, his wife, said to him, You now exercise authority over Israel. You know what she says? You're the king. No one says no "No," to the king. You're the king. She doesn't respect her husband. Arise, eat food, and let your heart be cheerful. I will give you the vineyard of Naboth, the Jezreelite. And so she wrote letters to Ahab, and Ahab's name sealed them with his seal and sent the letters to the elders and the nobles who were dwelling in the city with Naboth. That's what you call usurping the authority of your husband. And she wrote in the letters saying, Proclaim a fast and seat Naboth with high honor among the people and seat two men, scoundrels, before him to bear witness against him, saying, You have blasphemed God and the king, and then take him out and stone him that he may die. And so the men of his city and the elders and nobles who were inhabitants of his city did as Jezebel had sent to them, as it was written in the letters which she had sent to them, because they think it's letters from the king. 
And they proclaimed a fast and seated Naboth with high honor among the people. And two men, scoundrels, came in and sat before him. And the scoundrels witnessed against him, against Naboth in the presence of the people, saying, Naboth has blasphemed God and the king. And they took him outside the city and they stoned him with stones so that he died. Then they sent to Jezebel, saying, Naboth has been stoned and is dead. Verse 15 And it came to pass when Jezebel heard that Naboth had been stoned and was dead, that Jezebel said to Ahab, Arise, take possession of the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite, which he refused to give you for money, for Naboth is not alive but dead. Verse 16. So it was when Ahab heard that Naboth was dead, that Ahab got up and went down to take possession of the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. Naboth here, he doesn't say anything to his wife at all. She overrules his authority as king and as her husband. And he just lets her. He doesn't say anything to his wife about her actions. He never says anything to his wife. Why was Jezebel able to lead Israel into idolatry and sin? Because her husband led her. Because her husband was a passive husband. She was a domineering wife over her husband for sure. But at the same time, her husband allowed her to be domineering over him and lead the country instead of him. He was a passive husband and he was a weak leader. And he allowed his wife to dominate and just overrule him without a peep. Just he was quiet about it. So we could we could do like a whole thing on like wives don't dominate your husbands and husbands don't be passive. But we don't have time for that. So go back to Revelation chapter two. And look at verse 20 again, and the accusation that Jesus makes against this church of Thyatira. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you. Look what it says. Because you allow that woman, Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. Jesus reproves the church in Thyatira because they allow that woman Jezebel to do these things. That's that's the key to this reproof here. It's not just that they have a Jezebel in that church leading people into immorality and idolatry. They also have leaders in that church that are allowing her to do that. They have passive leaders that aren't stopping her, that aren't saying anything to her. The leaders in that church are like King Ahab in the Old Testament. They're letting her do this. They're allowing her. They're not standing up. They're not confronting her. They're not stopping her. They're not speaking against her. They're not doing anything. 
They're allowing her to overrule them and overrule what the Bible says, what Scripture teaches, and to just say, no, a a Christian can do these things. It's ridiculous to say a Christian can't do that in, in today's world. And they just allow it. The sin of that church was that they allowed this corruption. Not just that there was corruption, they allowed the corruption in the church. He says in verse 21, I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality, and she did not repent. God, God gives us time to repent of our sins. You know, the Bible says God takes no pleasure in judging people. He doesn't want any of us to perish in our sin. And so he gives us time to turn from our sins and to turn to Jesus Christ for forgiveness. But there's a limit. There's a time limit. He gives us a window. But that window is not open forever. That's why the Bible says today is the day of salvation. You make the decision today. It's not something you want to put off until tomorrow or next Sunday or next month because you may not have tomorrow. You may not have next Sunday. You might run out of time. The Bible says today is the day. It's not something you want to put off because you just don't know how much time you have or when Jesus is going to close that door and say, hey, your time's up. And here he says to her, Your time is up. I gave you time to repent, and you didn't repent. Now look what he's going to do. Verse 22, Indeed, I will cast her into a sickbed, a bed of sickness, and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation, unless they repent of their deeds, I will kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know that I am he who searches the minds and hearts, and I will give to each one of you according to your works. Notice here, Jesus is describing the consequences of their sins, and their consequences begin here on earth in this life, not in eternity. Jesus doesn't say they're going to go to hell for this, which is true, but that's after this life. But he says there are consequences. She has consequences for her sins in this life before she dies. And so do those who believe her false teachings and engage in this immorality that she's encouraging them to engage in. There are consequences. There are consequences for sin. There's spiritual consequences. Our relationship with God is broken because of sin. There can be emotional consequences the effect of sin on us emotionally. And there can be physical consequences, sickness, as a result of sin. That's why God says, don't do these things. Because they'll harm you. Don't don't get involved in that. Because you'll, you'll suffer. These things are bad for you. That's why I don't want you doing them. You know, there's the, the saying, sin is not bad because it's forbidden. It's forbidden because it's bad. God forbids certain things because they're just bad for us. They have a bad effect. They can harm us. They can hurt us. Spiritually, emotionally, and in some cases, physically. And he tells them because of their immorality, their sexual immorality, it's going to bring sickness and great tribulation, suffering into their lives. And look at verse 23 again. He says, uh, and all the churches shall know that I am he 
who searches the minds and hearts, and I will give to each one of you according to your works. The the purpose of the consequences to the sin is to produce holiness in that church. To produce holiness in that church so that they know that, that Jesus is God and that he searches minds and hearts and he deals with sin. Acts chapter 5, remember Ananias and Sapphira, they lied to the Holy Spirit about how much money they received and how much money they gave to the Lord. And you remember Acts chapter 5, the, the Holy Spirit just struck them dead right in front of the church, both of them. And the very next verse, you know what it says? And great fear came upon all those who believed. Seeing God judge sin caused the rest of the church to become very holy. It produces holiness in a church. That's why he does it. It produces holiness in an individual when you experience the consequences of your sin. And look at verse 24. We're almost finished. Now, verse 24, Jesus speaks to those in the church who have not embraced the teaching of this Jezebel. So apparently there is a a division starting to happen in this church between those who have believed what the false teacher was saying and embraced her teaching and those who were standing on the word of God. And so you've got a split starting in this church because the leaders allowed this woman to teach these things and they were passive. Verse 24 Now to you I say and to the rest in Thyatira, as many as you do not have this doctrine, who have not known the depths of Satan, as they say, I will put on you no other burden, but hold fast what you have till I come. Jesus says to those that have remained faithful to the scriptures, you just hold fast until I come. And remember in those days in Thyatira, there's one church in that city. So it's not like they could leave this church and go just go to some other church in town. This is it. And so he's just hold fast. You know, today you would say, hold fast to the scriptures and find another church where they are holding fast to the scriptures. You need to just leave that church. And then he goes on here to say to the overcomers, verse 26, and he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end to him, I will give power over the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron. They shall be dashed to pieces like the potter's vessels as I also have received from my father. In verse 26 and verse 27, uh, that's quoting from Psalm 2. It's speaking of the kingdom of Jesus Christ when he comes back to the earth and establishes his kingdom. Those who are faithful to him, those who don't compromise, will rule with him in the kingdom. And then verse 28, and I will give him the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And he says, and those who are faithful, who don't compromise, I will give the morning star. Who's the morning star? Revelation twenty two sixteen says the morning star is Jesus Christ. Listen, listen, here's the end. Our reward for being faithful to the scriptures and being faithful to Jesus Christ. Our reward is Jesus. That's our reward. Him, the morning star. When you and I think about heaven, quite often we think about streets paved with gold and pearly gates and the gyms and all of that kind of stuff. Heaven's going to be heaven because you're going to be with Jesus. That's what's going to make it heaven. And Jesus says here, you stay faithful. You hold fast to the truth. You don't compromise. And your reward for your faithfulness, me. You'll get to be with me. 
been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Revelation, and he has more to share with you next time. How is your heart doing as you listen to these teachings about the future? If you're in need of prayer for any reason, would you be willing to give us a call and talk with us? Our desire is to hear your heart, pray with you, and ask for God to help you with whatever might be weighing on you. Our number is 410 410- 491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. You can also send us an email through our website, calvaryec.com. Just find our info under the About tab. If you're not connected with a local church, we encourage you to find a church family that will help guide and support you in your faith. And if you're in the area, please join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. For more details, visit calvaryec.com. In our next edition, you'll have the opportunity to learn additional things from the culminating final book of the Bible, Revelation. Pastor Dan has much more to share from this book, and we're excited for you to join us as we continue learning and growing, appreciating what God wants us to see from His Word. We hope you'll tune in then and be a part of our listening audience. Continue searching for what God has for you to see here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that cry. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.